Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Well, for the Sooners, that is, but maybe not for the Oklahoma State Cowboys anymore. As the Oklahoma Sooners landed Trace Ford in the transfer portal, we'll talk about that. Where else Oklahoma might need to go shopping? And we got our bowl game predictions for the Cheez-It Bowl on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooner Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. So go over there, hit the subscribe button, hit the like, smash that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref. And Norman, Josh... Brent Venables went portal shopping and came home with a, with a Ford. He did. Yeah. You, you love coming home with a Ford. Uh, Trace Ford, obviously uh, a nice addition for Oklahoma. We uh, had speculated whether or not this would be a possibility for the Sooners. And, and obviously uh, it winds up turning into reality here for Oklahoma. And uh, it, it just continues what has been a nice little collection of defensive talent out of the transfer portal for OU dating back to, the addition of Jacob Lacey from Notre Dame. Obviously, we've you know talked a lot about Deshaun McCullough and uh, Reggie Pearson a little bit, and and now Trace Ford, who we're familiar with, of course, because he went to school right here in the Oklahoma City metro area before going to Oklahoma State. And uh, those first couple of seasons on campus for Oklahoma State were really, really good. I thought that he was going to wind up being one of uh, Oklahoma State's better defensive players up front early in his career, and then. Uh, you know, obviously uh, injuries and just some circumstances sort of slowed that slowed that momentum down a little bit for Trace Ford. But uh, seven and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, an interception and what, 51 tackles in his first couple of seasons on campus. So a nice good bit of production in those 19 and remember the 20 season, you're not playing a full schedule. So, you know, really that production would be even a little bit greater than that if you had played kind of the regular non-COVID season schedule. So, uh, look, uh, what type of uh, ultimate addition is it for Oklahoma? I don't know, John, that for me, when we look back on it, it will be quite as impactful maybe as Deshaun McCullough's addition. But I definitely think, you know, baseline, bottom end of it, it's a substantial depth depth piece addition for Oklahoma. So it's it's great news. Yeah, at worst, he's a nice rotational defensive end for you if he's able to recapture some of that pass rush magic that he had from 19 or 20 then you got a guy that you can send after the quarterback along with ethan downs along with depending on who comes back in the reggie grimes marcus striplings you know uh r mason thomas obviously he's back you got a nice piece you know and i think that's a good thing like adding depth uh, to your defensive group is really important for this crew because I mean, they played. We, we talked about it on the show a lot. They've played it. They played a ton of snaps in some of these games in 2022, and it seemed like at times they didn't have the depth to go 75, 80, 90, 100 snaps in these games, and it just kind of wore on them a little bit. Adding a guy with experience to add to that, you know, what is now a pretty solid, you know, defensive ro- end rotation, 
that you're going to have or defensive end depth chart. There's no like star power yet, but I think you've got enough guys that you can, you know, allow the competition to kind of build and see which of those guys is going to rise and which of those guys are going to become the, the star pass rusher for this team. When we, I talked about it yesterday a little bit with Ethan Downs. He, he had a really strong finish to the regular season. Is that a sign that maybe he's kind of capturing that upward trajectory, that little bit of a hype that we were expecting this offseason as a guy that was going to have a breakout year? It didn't happen until the last few games of the year, but he, I mean, he played solid throughout. It just started to, we just started to see the production come in the last few games. So you got, you know, a guy like Trace Ford, who USC was after, other top schools wanted to add. So I think that's significant. If this is a, this isn't just a guy that's out there, it was somebody that a lot of places wanted to add him to, to their defense. And ultimately, what it turns out to be, we'll see. But again, at the very least, it's a nice, solid piece for your defensive end rotation. And it's really, <clears throat> as we talk through the transfer portal edition so far, the thing I'm noticing that stands out the most on the defensive side is you're not group of five shopping this year like you were last year with Jonah Laula and Jeffrey Johnson and uh, CJ Colden and um, trying to think of the other significant names. Um, you're power five shopping with Deshaun McCullough from Indiana, with Trace Ford from Oklahoma State, with Jacob Lacey from Notre Dame. And I think that's a significant difference in, in the two. Austin Stogner from South Carolina. You know, significant difference in what Oklahoma has done. Again, not an aggressive portal um, spending spree or shopping spree. I don't want to say spending spree. You might get some anti-NIL people mad at us. But a, a you know, not an aggressive. They've only added four players to the portal so far. But there could be more coming after the bowl games finish up before spring ball happens. So I think it's a really nice start to their transfer portal additions. Well, and it's easy to feel good as an Oklahoma fan about the Trace Ford thing because you're familiar with Trace Ford, right? You, you know, McCullough, we we see the production and maybe, you know, the diehard college football fans, diehard Oklahoma college football fans caught a little bit of Indiana, but, you know, Probably you haven't watched as much of Indiana as you've watched of Oklahoma State. So we've seen some of this production up front and personal for Trace Ford over the last however many seasons. So it's just great. I'm with you. I mean, I don't think that there's just a, a magic button that you have to press out of the transfer portal or like a one-size-fits-all. C.J. Colden was a definite uh, big-time addition for Oklahoma. And I know that, you know, again, he, he's not from the Power Five ranks, right? He's from Wyoming and – Jeffrey Johnson, we could talk about what type of addition was he for Oklahoma, on and on and on. I, I'm with you, uh, probably, generally speaking, the, the caliber of player from Power 5 schools transferring in, uh, probably more times than not, that's the direction that you'd like to go. But uh, we've seen, right, that C.J. Colden and, uh, and others has, has worked out your quarterback, right? Technically, not, not from the Power 5 ranks uh, for Oklahoma this season, but uh, it's just a big-time addition. Oklahoma is, you know – needed defensive help needed defensive help this offseason and i think needed transfer portal defensive help john there's we hope a couple of names in the signing class for the sooners that can step right in defensively really both sides of the football but defensively step right in and, and be some, some contributors for you but probably the safer bet right is to go get a mccola to go get a lacy to go get a ford and give 
give Oklahoma's coaching staff credit, man. They've went and done that. And <laughs> it probably wasn't the easiest sales job, I can't imagine, to try and sell Trace for because you just look and I don't know how deep we want to dive into this, but obviously with it being the, the Bedlam rivalry and coming over from Oklahoma State, there's some hard feelings. The uh, you know rivalry itself, the fact that you're in the near future not going to be playing Oklahoma State a bunch, again, I think only amplifies the the pushback, the hate that obviously Trace Ford is getting from Oklahoma State fans here. So all of that from an OU perspective to say that it's a heck of a recruiting job to get Trace Ford to sign up to come to OU when, you know, you knew some of this was going to be in the cards for you as soon as you made the decision to come from Oklahoma State to OU. Yeah, exactly. And it's the thing we've talked about on the show. This this coaching staff knows how to recruit. Miguel Chavis knows how to, to sell Oklahoma. Brent Venables the same way. Again, a four-star player in the 247 sports rankings, uh, just a three-star player in the composite. That's how well thought of he was. I mean, he was the number two player in the state, at worst number five player in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, just a really good player coming out of, uh, it was Edmund Santa Fe, if I got that right. Um, so a, a good, a good program to be at, you know, one of the better programs in Oklahoma. So a, a good addition, we'll see how it kind of plays out we'll see how he fits into the defensive end rotation. A lot of it's going to depend on who stays, who goes still some things that be ironed out on that front. And there's still some portal shopping for the Oklahoma Sooners to do. And we need to kind of, we'll dive into, okay, what do they need to look at? Where are some positions that Maybe we think that they still might need to attack in the transfer portal. But first, Josh is going to talk to you about Bet Online. I am going to talk to you about Bet Online just as soon as I can unmute my mic over here. <laughs> Sorry about that. BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and uh, your sports info always, right? And we're winding down college football, but uh, still some bowl games that probably you're interested in and one that you're very interested in with the Oklahoma Sooners and then a uh, college football playoff right around the corner, betonline.net. You can find all of the, the odds over there, all of the latest happenings. Uh, we've got NFL playoffs right around the corner as well. So it's a fun time, right, to get in on some of the action. BetOnline, your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, scores, and more. So head on over to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. Can I get an updated line for you for Oklahoma versus Florida State? Eh, maybe maybe before we, we call it a do. The, uh, the – Transfer portal needs that Oklahoma still has. I think it's kind of glaring for me that you need a, a, another wide receiver or two, right? I mean, I think that's probably the immediate need for Oklahoma. I Look, any more offensive or defensive line help, I don't think that anybody would be upset about, right? Probably uh, you, you've went and got a little bit of defensive line help here with both now Ford and Lacey, so – you probably put the premium on one offensive lineman, John. If it's not a you know skill player, if it's not wide receivers for Oklahoma, then you know one player similar to a McCade Matayer that Oklahoma was gonna you know was able to go get. Uh, you could I guess toss Wanye Morris's name into that mix as well. I mean Oklahoma, uh, Chris Murray. Oklahoma's had some success lately getting starting offensive linemen from other places. So it'd be nice. I just say McCade Matayer because it's fresh on the mind and 
was, you know, kind of the most recent. And, oh, by the way, that was somebody that started a lot of football at Cal, and I think that's kind of what you're looking for, right? If you're going to supplement the offensive line, get somebody that, whether it's, you know, similar program like Cal where it's a power five, but maybe somebody's trying to step up in the limelight. Dare I say that? Sorry, all of our Cal fans out there that uh, may be watching or listening, but kind of step up to Oklahoma, right, and get somebody that has played power five football but wants to do it at a place like Oklahoma where the light's a little bit brighter, platform's a little bit bigger. So those would probably be the two position groups for me that I'm looking at first right now for OU, wide receiver, offensive line help. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on offensive line. Now, I will be curious to see how Jacob Sexton and Tyler Guyton perform in this game. I don't think it's going to tell the whole story as to what they can be for Oklahoma in 2023, but I would like to see them add a guard to at least compete with a Jake Taylor to compete on the inside uh, for guard snaps. You're going to have, you know, Andrew rain back. You're going to have McKay Mattire back. You've got Caden green. I mean, that's a really interesting option uh, to compete for, for snaps at one of your guard spots, but I don't know how up Bill Beatonbow would be for starting, you know, Jacob Sexton at left tackle, you know, Tyler Guyton at right tackle, and then some combination of Jake Taylor or Caden green at right guard. I think, they'll probably want to try and find a little bit more experience there wide receiver. And the more I think about it and, you know, watching a guy like boot out of um, LSU declare for the NFL draft. I just think Marvin Mims is going to, it's, he's going to go. I just feel like he's going to go. I don't have it on any authority that he's going to go. It just seems like when you're a top 100 prospect that just came off a thousand yard receiving season, I, I consider him a top 100 prospect. He's led Oklahoma in receiving three years in a row, culminating with a thousand yard receiving season, a big performance against Texas tech where he did huge damage in the first half and then only got one target in the second half. Uh, they got called back on a penalty, but again, a great catch. <clears throat> I just feel like kind of the writings on the wall for him a little bit. Could he come back and have another great season and maybe improve his draft stock? Maybe, but he doesn't strike me as the guy that has the elite traits that are going to get somebody pushed up into the top 100 of the draft or the top 50, the first round of the draft. And when I say that it's not to discount the type of player he is, he's a good player. He's a solid player. He's, he's well-rounded. He can win down the field. He can win, you know, with his route running, but he's not like a CD lamb, right? That's got this insane catch radius that is going to make these incredible catches who does a lot of damage after the catch uh, can win in every area of the field can be a possession type receiver. He's not Marquise Brown that has that speed that is able to take the top off every coverage. It doesn't matter if you're in cover three, cover two, cover one, he's going to beat you deep just the way Marquise Brown works. Uh, Marvin Mims, he can be kind of contained a little bit because of coverages. Uh, he, he's not Quentin Johnston. That's got this insane, you know, six, five, you know, length, this incredible wingspan, this incredible athleticism. And so I don't know if there's a, there's a first round possibility out of with Marvin Mims. He's got the production to be a first rounder, but does he have the traits to be a first rounder? That's the part that I question. So I kind of think like, okay, he's probably done everything he can do at Oklahoma at this point. And so, yes, I'm with you wide receiver. It'd be really nice to see them go add one. And maybe they'll get aggressive in the transfer portal to to find some more talent at the wide receiver position, but it doesn't seem like it's going very well for them right now. 
And you got Jaden Gibson, you got Nick Anderson, you got LV Bunkley Shelton, you got JJ Hester, you got a group of guys. And we talked about Drake Stoops on yesterday's show. You got a group of guys that could compete for snaps at wide receiver that that you really like. You just haven't had the snaps to be able to to provide them the opportunity to showcase themselves yet. So who knows? I think there's a lot to kind of figure out at that position. Defensively, I still want to see him go get a linebacker. I really like the 2022 class. I like the 2023 signing class at linebacker. I really like Danny Stutzman tra- Stutzman's trajectory over the course of the 2022 season heading into 2023. But I'd really like to add somebody who's like a TD roof type, you know, somebody, again, solid floor, provides some help on special teams, a veteran presence that can kind of help, help take some of the burden off of Danny Stutzman to be the leader in the locker room, in the linebacker room, someone that can come in and kind of also provide some teaching, provide some leadership to the younger guys. Cause it's going to be a really young linebacker crew aside from Danny Stutzman next year. And I think that's okay. I think you can still do well with this group, but again, providing a, a solid depth piece could do them well. And I agree with you also defensive tackle. I'd be up for adding somebody there, but I don't know if they'll, they're going to be able to find an impact player in the transfer portal. Um, unless it's just kind of like a five-star guy that just didn't get a chance to play this past season. Uh, maybe he's going to look for another opportunity for whatever reason, who knows coaching change, defensive coordinator change, something like that. They could provide an opportunity. And, and, and again, they've, they've done a really good job. Deshaun McCullough, Austin Stogner, Jacob Lacey, and now trace Ford of taking advantage of some, some circumstances, some opportunities to improve their depth and improve their talent. So uh, we'll see where they go from that. But I, I feel like on defense, yeah, defensive tackle, linebacker, that's kind of where I'd like to see them attack the portal a little bit more. Yeah, just uh, shifting back to Marvin Mims, I, I'm with you. I don't know how much if, – if you told me right now that Marvin Mims is a definite second-round guy, then – I don't know that I don't know that there's a ton of improving maybe that can be out there for him. Now, I don't know that he's a definite second round guy, but I do feel like he's pretty solidly second or third round. And I'm looking at uh, NFL draft buzz right here where they've got him ranked 34th overall in the number six wide receiver. Again, that is not uh, that's not necessarily gospel, but that's at least, you know, one set of thinkers out there on sort of where Marvin Mims is. And I think probably if you looked around and kind of put, you know, the Mel Kuypers of the world together and everybody that probably what you'd find is, yeah, Marvin Mims is pretty much consensusly a top 100 type guy. So it's going to be hard for him. I think, uh, you know, unless he's just comes back and has a Belitnikoff award winner type season. And even, even that John, like you said, just because physically he's not got that six foot four, six foot five body type or that, you know, four, three type speed to him. He's, you know, he's very athletic. I'm not saying that he's not, but he's not got that sort of next level uh, crazy Hollywood type speed to him. So he's probably about as high as he's going to get, I think. So if that's the case, then yeah, I mean, you probably, you probably do go And You know, one thing that we might not have mentioned in the past on this subject, John, when you're talking transfer portal and wide receiver with that, with Marvin Mims is, you know, we're, we're operating in this perfect world for Oklahoma, right? Marvin Mims comes back. You got Jaleel Farouk. Oh, Drake Stoops just made his decision to come back. Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson, look out. Oh, my, they're ready to go now. Look at these two uh, wide receivers he signed as well, Petaway and Brown. 
and let's go get two more out of the transfer portal. Well, that all sounds well, good, and beautiful in theory, but the reality is probably a lot of pass catchers out there like to come to a situation where maybe Marvin Mims exits. So for Oklahoma, if he goes to the NFL draft, John, this is glass half full. This is a different different uh, dimension for me. But if he chooses to leave, that could actually help Oklahoma in their pursuits of some wide receivers out there in the transfer portal before it's all said and done. Because guess what? Guys are going to look up and they're going to say, you know what, there's some opportunity at Oklahoma. Yeah, it's certainly a possibility to see it. But – they could also be scared off by some of the four-star talent that they've added as well. I mean, 2022 class, 2023 class, you've added four four-star wide receivers to your group, all with different you know abilities, different skill sets, but a very nice group of wide receivers over, over the last year that you've added in these last two signing classes. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But let's talk bowl game coming up next. We'll give you our predictions uh, for Oklahoma versus Florida State in the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, but first... It is that time of year where, hey, everybody wants to kind of get out. They want to have a good time. They want to party a little bit. But you got to be careful. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over? What's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. Total your car. Hey, that's all those things could happen if you drive after having a few too many drinks. So why take the risk? The results can be tragic, often deadly. But sometimes that doesn't stop everybody from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads to save lives. So this New Year's Eve, if you're considering getting out there, having a few drinks, and then getting behind the wheel, just take a minute, think differently. Maybe get an Uber, get a Lyft, do something, have a have a plan, a designated driver plan, so that you're driving safely and not putting other people at risk. Again, this time of year is a, a time where a lot of people think that they're going to be okay. They're going to make those decisions and everything will turn out fine. And then tragically it, it doesn't turn out fine. So if you're considering, you know, drinking while under the influence, again, think again, drive sober or get pulled over again. This uh, has been paid for by the NHTSA. Josh cheese it bowl, Oklahoma, Florida state. We've talked a little bit about some of the key matchups, especially on the offensive side, you know, Jacob Sexton taking on Jared verse over there at left tackle. That's going to be the, the huge one to watch. So just real quickly, like what is the biggest key to this game for you in your mind? It could be offense. It could be defense. What does Oklahoma have to do to win this game? Can I pick one of each? Sure. Do it. You have the floor, sir. Thank you. Uh, happy to be here on the floor with you. Offensively, I think it's I think it's left tackle. I think it's how Sexton holds up. Can he stay? Can can he keep Dylan Gabriel clean over there? And if that's the case, then I like Oklahoma to have a lot of success offensively. If versus in a one man wrecking crew, then I think you're going to see Oklahoma roll up uh, a bunch of points and yards. And I think generally speaking, not all the time, but for a good portion of the season, I feel like Dylan Gabriel for the most part has been pretty good taking care of the football. So I uh, I don't have concerns that going into this game, that's going to be just some big problem if you can protect there at uh, at left tackle. And I would probably toss Guyton into the mix there too. Just have the two tackles hold up for Oklahoma, I think is massive in this football game. And then defensively, man, it's uh, it's got to start out with stopping the run, right? Stop the run. And if Oklahoma can have some 
legitimate success there to even moderate success there, then John, I think they're going to have every opportunity to win the, this football game. So those would be the two for me is how the two tackles hold up for Oklahoma. And then you got to be able to, to slow the run game down a little bit. And that's going to be a challenge because uh, Florida state obviously uh, has a quarterback that has the ability to use his feet a little bit. And they got a really good, I mean, basically a thousand yard rusher at running back. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. I think for, I really anticipate Oklahoma going into this game, really looking to establish the run to take some of the pressure off of Jacob Taylor, sorry, Jacob Sexton and Tyler Guyton, just because it's offensive linemen. They want to go forward. They don't want to have to try blocking going backwards. Obviously they can do it. They'll do it. They're a lot of them are great at it, but a guy making his first start against somebody who I saw in Trevor Sycamore's, you know, Mock draft today for Pro Football Focus. Jared Verse was a top 10 pick. Sorry, number five. There you go. Uh, for the 2023 NFL draft. Like your first start going up against a guy who's arguably one of the best edge players in this draft class. That's a tough task. It's a tall task for anybody. It'd be a tall task for Anton Harrison, who went number 21 overall in that mock draft. So I think Bill Beatenbow, Jeff Levy, DeMarco Murray, they're going to load up and really try to establish the ground game to take some of the pressure off of your first time starting left tackle. And I think that's a great plan. Even though I'm a guy that wants to throw the ball, I think you're, you're most efficient when you're throwing the football. Take some of the pressure off. Get the ground game going. Get Javante Barnes going. Like I'm sure he's going to have some nerves being the guy that's the guy going into this game. So run the football, establish it, get physical up front, and kind of play bully ball if you can get things going and you can take a little bit of the pressure off of everybody on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think that's going to be huge. And yeah, and you mentioned it, it's slowing down the the run game specifically for me. It's the quarterback run game, you know, Jordan Travis athletic player. If you can be disciplined and consistent in the read option game, which you've struggled to do for much of this season, then I like Oklahoma's chances to win the game and at least make enough stops uh, defensively to do that uh, right now the line over at bet online nine and a half points Oklahoma is a dog in this one now every game that Dylan Gabriel's been in for a full four quarters they've played close they haven't lost anything by more than a touchdown so Josh how are you leaning in this game as the Sooners get ready down in Orlando for the cheese it Bowl well, the uh, over under, by the way, 65 points is what we're looking at right now. And uh, I mean, as would uh, typify bet online, they get some pretty good numbers. I think uh, where this thing is set up at, uh, I'm going to take Florida state to win the game. I do think you'll see a motivated Oklahoma team. I've seen some out there, John, that, and probably we could say this, you know, any game, there's always going to be one dooms doomsday sayer or two. I think you're going to see Oklahoma show up and be motivated and hang around in this game. I've seen some out there that feel like all of a sudden this game's sneaking up and they feel like Oklahoma might get blown out by Florida State. This doesn't have Texas A&M Cotton Bowl vibes to me, right? I don't think that uh, – I think you're seeing a good quarterback in Jordan Travis, but I don't think you're seeing Johnny Manziel in this bowl game, right, if I can use that comparison. So I don't think it's getting super, super lopsided. I expect Oklahoma to have plenty of success offensively. Ultimately, John, I think one of the things that's going to do Mo you is – I just, I just don't know that they're going to come away with enough stops in the game. So as much as I don't think that they're seeing this maybe next, next level transcendent college talent at quarterback in Travis, I definitely think that he is one of the better quarterbacks they've seen this season. And I just haven't seen Oklahoma play a lot of good defense 
this season. And it's a Florida State team that is motivated, that hasn't opted out of this thing. Look no further than verse for that, right? So I just – I'm going to take the better team to win the game right now. I hope I'm wrong. And I'm excited to see Oklahoma play just one more time in this first season for uh, for Brent Venables and company. I think they'll play inspired, but I'm going to take uh, there to be some points on the board. I'll take the game over. I'll say Florida State 37, Oklahoma 31. So good game, but I'm taking Florida State. Uh, so what? OU cover, but uh, thing goes over. Yeah, I'm also going to take OU to, to uh, cover to keep it close, but I don't think they win it outright. And for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned, most importantly, the defense. It, I just haven't seen it enough, but – Oklahoma's coming in in a, a very uh, unique position, something they haven't done much this year, and that's be a, a big underdog. More often than not, they were the favorite in games and then ended up playing a lot of close games. Even though they weren't necessarily having the best season, they still were a lot of times the favorite, uh, according to the betting. You know, They were the betting favorite, I should say. Uh, so, yeah, that, that could be enough to, to kind of push them, motivate them, you know, have them walk into this game with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Defensively, they got most of their guys playing in this one, except for Jalen Redmond. So, you know, the defense that we've seen for this year is going to be there. But can they, with a month to prepare, be ready to slow down a Florida State team that is a top 20 offense? offensively are they going to be ready to to score on a top 20 defense again i'm like you i take the over oklahoma's played nothing but high scoring games except for the west virginia game which was in the inclement weather so give me oklahoma and um florida state to go over the point total but give me oklahoma to fall short but also stay within the nine and a half points so oklahoma plus the points florida state to win outright and the two teams to go over and that's our last preview show. That's our last football game preview segment of the season. And it's sad as, you know, frustrating and disappointing as the season has been. I don't like it. Now we got to wait nine more months for, for actual football for Oklahoma. And that sucks. But we'll be back to, to break down this game as it transpired um, after, the sh- after the game. Basically, we'll be recording late later that night. So uh, make sure you're tuned in wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Again, thanks so much for riding along with us this football season. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to continue to cover Oklahoma athletics on the daily. We've got transfer portal. Uh, National signing day hadn't even hit officially until February 2nd. So we'll, we might have more recruits to talk about over the next you know month, five weeks or so. And then we'll have softball, baseball, basketball, spring game. There'll be so much to cover over the next nine months as we wait for Oklahoma football to return in earnest. But until then, he's Josh Helmer. There he is over there. I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Enjoy the Cheez-It Bowl. Boomer Sooner.